Infinity Games Podcast. <laughs> you got it. Yay. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Infinity Games Podcast. I'm Jukebox Hero. I'm Calrix King. And to start off our episode today, we're uh, talking about hidden gems. Yes, new segment. Yes. Much hype. Such wow. Yes. So Much hidden gems. <laughs> hidden gems is our new segment where we're going to tell you about a game that we've played that most people probably haven't heard of or don't know about that's just ridiculously fucking fun. Yeah, something just that's... Even, because I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people commented or tweeted at us or whatever, and they were like, oh, I've played this game lots. All my friends love it. I'd be like, that's freaking great. That means more people that love this awesome game. It's just stuff that we feel may be a little more under the radar. Yeah. So the game that I'm going to talk about is Rainbow Islands. And I took tell a video. Tell me all about it. Well, hold on a sec. I got to tell you something. <laughs> I took a video games course in university. And... uh in the forums, because we had to do mandatory forum posts, I actually found someone else who played Rainbow Islands, and that was, like, the first time I ever met anyone who actually knew about this game. Like, it existed. That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. So, the full title is Rainbow Islands, the story of Bubble Bubble 2, which even people who know it's Rainbow Islands don't know the full fucking title. And it's just weird, because in Bubble Bubble, they're dragons. In... Rainbow Islands, they take on their human form as Bub and Bob. I thought they were care ba- I thought they were care bears to be completely honest. I mean rainbows coming out of them, I mean <laughs> I mean if you squint really hard they kinda of start looking look yeah. like a bear. You squint both eyes, turn your head to the left at ninety degrees, close your left eye, turn your head to the right at ninety degrees, close your right eye, then it looks like a care bear. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> tell me, tell me all about it. Okay, so Rainbow Islands was created by Taito because they also created Bubble Bubble, and it was released to arcades in 1987. It was a conversion kit, so it didn't get its own arcade cabinet, but you would get the board, you would get a marquee, and maybe a sticker for the side of your uh, your cabinet, and you just plug it in and play. <laughs> so it wasn't ported to home consoles until a little while later and the version we're going to talk about is from the nes in 1991 which in my opinion is about the best version you can get the sega master system and some of the home console ver- or uh, home computer versions have better graphics and more sound channels and stuff but in all honesty i think the nes one uh it sounds the best because those extra channels kind of muddies up the sound to me Mm -hmm. the nes has really really clear music and it's a lot of fun to listen to yeah it's very upbeat and uh the graphics themselves are very simple they're very cutesy kind of toyland type things sometimes so the gameplay of it all as as bub you shoot rainbows as as the rainbow is arcing out of you, if it hits an enemy, they will explode into an item which you can grab for points. Or you can trap an enemy under the arc of a rainbow. Or you can just put a rainbow over top of an enemy. And when you jump on the rainbow, the rainbow will fall on them and they'll explode into their 
point-giving item. There are some items that'll make you invincible or give you a force field or destroy all the enemies on the screen. But the thing you want most is when they explode is to get a diamond. Because you have a little uh, indicator in the bottom left that spells out rainbow as you get these diamonds. And if you have the full word spelled out at the end of the world after you've beaten the boss, you will get a very large diamond. And there's eight of those. You need all of them to get the good ending at the end of the game. And uh, if if you get the diamond at the end of the level, you can talk to Bob or you can open chests, which give you more items or upgrades. What does talking to Bob do? I've never talked to Bob. <laughs> Fuck Bob. I mean, I kind of assume he'd give you a hint or something, but in all honesty, especially playing this as a kid, I just wanted to get the power-ups and stuff. Well, yeah, and that's just it. In a game, in a game as, I mean, not necessarily simple or easy, but as with a game as basic as Rainbow Islands, like, I can't imagine what possible hint he could give you, right? Yeah, I mean, think of, like, Zelda. Like, the hints they give True. you are pretty fucking useless, but they still give them, right? Well, yeah. It's That's like, true, oh, this guy's shooting a rock. Use your shield. Like, holy fuck, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I love this game. It's it's ridiculously hard. Like, as a kid, I got up to about World 4 after playing it nonstop for a long-ass time. And even today, we were playing it, and we didn't get past the second world. No, we did. Oh, right, we got to the third world. I, I beat that damn helicopter. But yeah, we got to the third world and then proceeded to get our butts kicked. Yeah, if if you die, you can continue from the start of the world you're in. So at least that's nice. There's, I know there's also cheats where you can uh, choose which world you start at. Mm -hmm. I did that once, went to the weird uh, like Asian world, and I got my shit wrecked. Yeah. So, just a little piece of trivia, because I love the music so much from the, from the NES version, I might actually just play it underneath of us talking for a little bit. Yay! But the arcade version had a bit of a resemblance to the song Over the Rainbow, which kind of makes sense given that it's all about rainbows and stuff. They maybe took some inspiration. But the Japanese Mega Drive... And Famicom and one of the home computers were the only versions to get the original music. Everything else has different music. So on the NES is the version that I'm familiar with. It's it's a lot more upbeat. It's all very staccato. But on like the Game Boy version, they actually just use the music from the original Bubble Bobble game. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, fun little factoid real quick about the Over the Rainbow song. The original um, songwriter and singer of it was this really big Hawaiian guy, right? And um, the producer told a story about how the song came to be. And apparently he received a call from the singer-songwriter. I can never remember his name. But um, at about 1.30 in the morning saying, "Can I, I have an idea, can I come and record? And the guy was like, oh, I don't know, it's kind of late, but he had a gut feeling, and he let him come in, and in one take, without any mistakes, they recorded Over the Rainbow, and it 
I mean, you've seen where the song has gone to this day. So Jesus, I always think it's, I always think it's a super, it's a super fun little factoid. I always have in the back of my head. I always remember that story because it's just so, it's so random and fun, right? It's pretty crazy. And then yeah. Judy Garland made it famous in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yep. So, um, anyways, but I just wanted to shout that out real quick. I love that story. But um, the That's hidden gem neat. I want to, yeah, right. But um, the hidden gem I want to talk about is a game called Grandia Three. It was um, and you might be thinking, oh, it's Grandia Three. That means there were two before it, and yes, there were, but that's not the point. It's yes, it's part of a series, but it's still, in my opinion, a hidden gem. Um, it was made by Square Enix, but it was developed by Game Arts. So it's from the same studio, you know, that did Final Fantasy and all that other stuff. Um, came out in. 2006 it came out in 2005 in japan but it came out 2006 in america um about six months after the japanese release on uh they both came out on ps2 uh they were later ported to the playstation 3 through the playstation store um i'm still hoping that one day they'll put them on the ps4 because i'd love to play through them again and i just my ps2's seen better days so i mean um, could always come over and play it here. I could, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it it is an RPG. It is a role playing game, and uh, the way the game goes is it's pretty standard. You know, you start out, and your character has like one main goal, which for the main character is uh, he wants to fly. He loves planes. He wants to fly, so that becomes his driving force throughout the game. Is he's just. It gets a little more hardcore later on, but I'm it's an RPG. I can't dive into that too much. We'll be here all day. But um so the way the game plays out is it's it's turn-based combat and when you go into a fight, you have a gauge at the top, right? You have a circular gauge that all the enemies and all of your playable characters are on. And it's kind of similar to the ATB gauge in Final Fantasy is once it fills up, you get to make your turn. But um the one in Grand E3 works a little differently, and the reason that's so interesting is because two-thirds or three-quarters of the circular gauge is one section, and then the last quarter of it is the wait time to actually perform your attacks. Oh, so, so every character has combo attacks, criticals, some of them can have magic, etc. And the main fun part for me is when your character reaches the first part of that gauge you can choose to do a combo or a critical cast a magic throw an item whatever but when you so let's say i have my main character and i want to do one of his special moves okay. then i'll select that and then he'll move into the second part of the gauge where and that's his wait timer and if for example i'm waiting and i'm halfway and an enemy come and an enemy's turn comes along and he wants to critical attack me if he hits me with that critical attack before my attack finishes loading it'll knock me out of my attack and shoot me all the way back to the beginning of the gauge and then i have to start Jeez. all over so the reason that's, that's a lot of fun is you can do it to the enemies too so it's really important in boss fights and stuff and of course the stronger your attack is the more time it takes so if you want to drop some like fucking a rank magic or something like you got to make sure that you're going to be able to cast that long before the enemies are going to have their turns right so i really like that because it's just like an extra dimension to like the combat you would have got out of like final fantasy 7 mm -hmm. and it's 
it's just Sounds super a bit more fun in general. Yeah, <laughs> it's super satisfying too because I mean it's like if you're fighting a boss fight or whatever, and you're like I've I've been I've played the game and it's like I've been a little over under leveled and I'm getting beat up pretty good, and then. I'd just get lucky and I'd fall into a really good rhythm where it's like I could attack and then by the time he was attacking I'd be ready to crit him out of his attack and all that other stuff, right? And um there's also like every character has special moves that you can level up independently as you gain levels and skill points and stuff like that. And um it's it's just it's a really fun system. It takes a little bit of getting used to, I'll admit, and you also have to learn um I like going in guns blazing and stuff. So the whole patience, like you got to be a little patient with the <laughs> system. So I'm just like, God damn it. But hurry up, hurry up, um, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm sitting there like tapping my fucking feet. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a really solid game. I definitely recommend it for anybody. Um, depending where, where you are, where you live, what kind of game stores you frequent, if you manage to find one, um, honestly, if it, if it's 20 bucks or under, I definitely say grab it drop the cash and just grab it um because i mean where where we are in the game stores we freaking i don't usually see it for less than 50 dollars yeah no kidding. so it's it's a little pricey for sure but um if you find it Hit cheap definitely e-base. pick it up play it have a great time because it's a lot of fun the characters voice acting is really great the story is honestly very compelling um and uh just a fun little piece of trivia here the main character in grandia 3 his name's yuki He's actually voiced by the same person that voice, voices Ichigo Kurosaki from the Bleach anime. Which, you know, I'm, you, I'm pretty sure we, like, walked into a room during an expo and he was, like, there God doing improv. damn it. We were Son waiting for, like, an MLP, uh, what would you call that? Panel? Panel? Yeah. I was gonna say I can't remember. I'd have to Google it, but I believe the du- the guy that voices like Ichigo, and he he's like a very very huge anime voice actor in America. He was actually one of the original Power Rangers. Cool. He he was the second Black Ranger in uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and he voices like everybody under the sun these days. He was he did like Dot Hack. He did. I'm pretty sure he voices Ichigo and Bleach. So it's super cool, but. What I like is the way I found that out is I didn't look it up or anything. I was just playing through Grandia 3 for the first time, and I loved the Bleach anime. I just started watching it a little while ago. And one of the main characters, one of Yuki's attacks, his special attack is called Whirlwind, where he just, like, spins in a big circle with his sword. And he said Whirlwind with, like, that growling tone or whatever. I was like, that sounds so familiar. Right, and then I listened to it a couple more times, and I was like, "That's fucking Ichigo. That's totally Ichigo." Because it sounds the exact same when he says "Whirlwind" as it does when Ichigo says "Getsuga Tensho" in the Bleach anime. They sound the Just exact same. Yeah, has so, to be. <laughs> so yeah, so sure enough, like a year later or whatever, I was playing through the game again, and I remembered, and I was like, "I got to make sure," and I looked it up, and sure as shit, it's the same voice actor. That's pretty so, fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, it's nifty. I just I like I like the way I realize that. Just like those sounds similar. <laughs> that happens like all the time now with anime because you got the same voice actors for like everything, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in Japan. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Japan's harder to notice though. There are a few that I definitely notice here and there, but I mean, I mean, they got the one girl who voices like all the main girls in like every anime. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But um so it's, Grandia it's a, 3 yeah it's Grandia wonderful 3 I've never played it 
but I want to. <laughs> you definitely should. Or if anything, I can come over one day and we'll fucking we'll give her a go because it's a lot of fun. You know, I once found uh, Grandia, like the first one, I think on PS One. Nice. Original Japanese for ten dollars. Oh, you should have picked it up. I didn't have the cash. Well, that was at our one gaming store, and I was like, oh. I could get this, or I could get something I can actually play. Fair point. Fair point. I have the first. I have Grandia Two as well, but I haven't played it at all. Yeah. Anyways, shall shall we move into the mechanics workshop? We shall. Yay! Mechanics workshop time. Tell us what we're talking about. Do I know what we're talking about? New Game Plus. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> I said it first. You all heard it. Yeah, yeah. Han shot first, too. Whoa. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about New Game Pluses, which uh, they're very, very com- common in uh, RPG specifically. Um, Definitely. The, the main basis for a new game plus is essentially you beat the game one time and then you're able to go back through the game with certain benefits or boons, whether it's, you know, your levels carry over or your items carry over or um, maybe your magic skills carry over or whatever. It could be a combination or all or all of them. It's it it definitely varies between games. So Jukebox and I have picked a few games where uh, new game pluses have definitely been a staple of the series. So uh uh, I'll go first because there are two games I want to talk about. I think Jukebox only has the one. So um, the first game I want to talk about is the Ratchet and Clank series. And they're a lot of fun. They're third-person shooter, 3D platform crossover games. They're a ton of fun. Um, and the, how the new game plus works specifically is I'll beat the game. And when you start new game plus, you have all your armor, all your weapons... All your health boosts. Um, I don't believe it carries over your bolts, which is the currency in the game. Um, I could be wrong, though. And in most of them, it may not have happened in the very first Ratchet & Clank game. They may not have had it solidified, really, at that point. But from the second one onwards, for sure, um, the weapons have been able to upgrade in levels. So you'll have like your starting Plasma Blaster or whatever at the beginning of the game. And as you kill enemies, it'll upgrade to, you know, level 2, level 3, level 4. And then when it turns into, when it hits level 5, it will actually morph into a different weapon. Um, Weird. It's super cool, though. It's kind of like, it's the easiest way to think about it is it's similar to, like, Pokemon Evolution. Is It's like, it's still the same base. <laughs> it's still the same yeah. basis. But, um, like, the, the weapon functions the same for the most part. It's just, like, a wider area of effect. It looks different, uh, more damage, yeah. of course. So, like, for example, you'll have your plasma cannon level 1, uh, your level 2, level 3, level 4, and then when you hit level 5, it'll turn into, like, the plasma... It'll turn into, Lock like, a plasma it. shotgun or something like that, right? Got and it. so it'll get bigger, it'll look really badass. So... As you proceed through the game normally in your first playthrough, of course, you're going to upgrade some of your weapons. Most of them are going to be at level 5. You might have a couple that lag behind because you didn't use them as much. And then when you get into New Game Pluses, you have the option to upgrade them a second time by purchasing them a second time from the store. And they're incredibly expensive most of the time. They cost millions and millions of bolts, which 
normally you'd have a very hard time collecting. It'd be like one hell of a grind. So I'll talk about how you get them better in a, in a second here. But so once you can afford them and you buy them, then they'll turn into a level six weapon. And then you're able to upgrade them. Most of the time you're able to upgrade them from six to 10. And again, they'll just get more, they'll just get stronger and stronger. Unfortunately, when you hit level 10, they don't morph and change again. But it is good. It's got to stop at some point. (laughs) It does, right? So, and the main reason behind that is when you start a new game plus in Ratchet Clank, the enemies are a lot stronger, they hurt more, and they have a lot more health. So, of course, if you just try to get through the entire game on just your base weapons that you got through the game originally on, you're going to have a hell of a time. So, if we talk about how you're able to afford the um, new weapons, what happens in Ratchet and Clank is when you get into a new game plus, you get something called a bolt multiplier, which is essentially the more enemies you kill without taking damage, the more bolts you'll get. So it's like you kill a couple enemies, it'll go up to times two, so you'll get double. And then you'll kill some more enemies, it'll go up to times three, so you'll get triple. And it usually stacks up to a maximum of uh, times 20. So if you're able to avoid taking damage for long enough, you're racking in just insane amounts of money. So it definitely puts more emphasis on... um. Making you it know, rain. Dodge, yeah, making it rain, uh, <laughs> dodging, staying alive. And, um, of course, the game assumes that if you've gone through the game once already, you should be familiar with the enemy type, so it should be harder to take you by surprise. So, right. But it's a, really, it's a really fun system because most, like, I love playing through new game pluses of Ratchet and Clank because it's just, you feel so strong the whole time, right? And it's I just, mean, That's you know, usually the point. Mm-hmm. It is. The whole point is to make you feel powerful and, you know, like nothing can stand in your way, right? And I feel Ratchet and Clank does a very good job of that, so. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. Mm-hmm. So I have two of the pioneers of New Game Plus, and I'm just going to go through them quickly. The first is Super Mario Bros., which kind of gave the initial inkling of replaying the game. Because once you finish World 8 and you save Princess Peach and all, she sends you back to the first world so you can accept a new challenge. Um, It's not necessarily a new game plus because you don't personally gain anything. However, the enemies are much harder. So instead of Koopas, you have the Buzzy Beetles. And instead of Goombas, you have... I mean, I really don't remember. (laughs) But all the... Sorry, instead of Goombas, it would be the Fuzzy Beetles, and instead of Koopas, it would probably be like the Paracoopas or Paratroopas or whatever. No, I no, I distinctly remember there being a lot more Fuzzy Beetles. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, but the game just gets more difficult, and that was kind of the first instance of a new game plus, but the first real one that most people attribute as the first game with New Game Plus is the original Legend of Zelda. Because once you finish the first quest, when you select your file, instead of just having Link, you'll have Link holding up a sword. If you select that file and start playing, uh, the dungeons are rearranged, 
and the map is rearranged and the enemies are more difficult. You retain your weapons and whatnot, but... Do you? I'm pretty sure you do. Huh. I could have sworn you started fresh, but I mean, I've never beaten the original Legend of Zelda. I got close. I beat it. I didn't play the second quest, though. I was just like, I don't want to die. I get that. But yeah, so those are like the first two pioneers of New Game Plus. Back then, though, I think it was mostly just a way to artificially increase the length of the game. I mean, it was a good way of doing it, but like... Yeah, if you beat Mario Bros, if you got good at it, you beat it in like 30 minutes. Well, if you have to play through it again, it becomes an hour, and you'd much rather play for an hour than 30 minutes. I mean, Make it feel like those... you got more money's worth. Yeah, unless you're one of those guys that speedrun it in five minutes, but, you know, L- most little... of us are human. <laughs> little tidbit on Legend of Zelda, if you start the game and you put your name as Zelda, you'll start in the second quest. You don't have to beat it the first time. Just in case you really want to get fucked sideways on your first go. Yep. (laughs) Oh, what's your next game? Uh, The next game... How's it use New Game uh, Plus? um, Game series I want to talk about is the Tales series. And um, I can't remember which game started it. I want to say Fantasia, the very first one. I want to say that it had the New Game Plus system, but I can't be sure. Um, my first experience with it was with Tales of Symphonia, though, and the way a new game plus works is, of course, it's the same as always. You beat the game, and you get the option to do a new game plus, and when you start a new game plus, it opens up with this thing called a grade shop, and the first time that happened to me, I was like, the fuck is this, and I just had a random number, and I had no idea where it came from, so what the grade shop is, is throughout the game, you'll earn grade depending on how well you fight your battles, etc. So it is possible to grind grade if you have patience. But um, for the most part, what the grade shop is, is it gives you all these options. So let's say you have 1,500 grade at the end of your first playthrough or whatever. Then if you start a second playthrough, you'll have your grade shop. And it's like if you want to transfer over your characters, uh, um, their titles, that costs 100 grade. If you want to transfer over their cooking skills, that's 50 grade. If you want to... So there are little things like that. But if you want some of the big rewards, like if you want all the characters to have 500 extra health at the beginning of the game, that costs 500... Or no, that costs, I think, like 250 grade. And if you want them to have more MP for their skills, that costs 250 grade. And the big... The two big mama jamas that are Mm -hmm. worth grinding for are there is a double experience option which costs i believe a thousand and there's a times 10 experience option which costs three thousand so those are the ones you really want to grind for because i mean when you first play yeah. yeah right so when you first play through tales um you on average you'll end the game at about probably level anywhere from between level 70 to level 80 somewhere in there you may be like mid 80s depending on how much grinding you do how many enemies you avoid that but um so you play through a double experience you're probably going to end the game closer to like level 120 100 level 130 if you play through with the 10 times experience you're probably going to be like a level 160 by the time you fight the final boss like nice it's like it's wonderful so in tales walk through bitches (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. So in Tales of Symphonia, the main draw to grind for are definitely the experience boosts, the health and MP boosts, um, and you can also purchase an option that allows you to get more grade for every battle in your playthrough, which is necessary in my opinion because it's like if you when you first beat tales of symphonia just as an example the chances of you having enough grade to buy the 10 times experience are very small unless you grinded monsters like a motherfucker but if you play through the first time do double experience and make sure that you purchase to have extra grade in your next playthrough you're probably going to be able to afford 10 times experience on your next playthrough and granted, maybe I'm just weird and I just love that game so much that I'm perfectly okay with doing three separate playthroughs, but I mean, it definitely is a fun incentive, right? What I like about a uh, a New Game Plus uh, mechanic like that is if you were to beat the game once, like, let's mm-hmm. assume you're a kid, you spend $50, it's all your lunch money, you get the game, you play through it once, well... If you leave it sit for like a year and then you come back to it and you just want to experience the story again or something, if you can yep. do New Game Plus and get that 10 times experience boost and just walk through enemies, then you can experience that story a lot faster than you would have if you had to just restart from the beginning. Absolutely. And that actually, I'm not like, that actually happened to me. With nice. like no word of a lie. I had Tales of the Abyss on PS2, which is one of. It's one of, like, the big three in Tales games, in my opinion. The big three are probably Symphonia, Abyss, and Vesperia. Those are just, those are, like, the three. If anybody's played a Tales game, it's going to be one of those three. So, I was playing through Tales, I played through Tales of the Abyss the first time. I loved it. I loved every second of it. It's such a good game. And I came back a couple of years later, and I was like, I'm going to play through Tales of the Abyss again. I'll hit up, I'll hit up the grade shop, I'll... I'll walk through bitches. This is going to be great. So I boot the game up. I boot the game up. I still have my memory card and all that good stuff because it was on PS2. Um, and uh, I load it up and I have grade. I'm like, yeah, I can't afford times 10, but I'll do double. I'll have more grade from this playthrough. Transfer over my skills and stuff like that. I'm going to have a blasty blast. And um, I start. I get about an hour and a half in and my game freezes. Because my my shithead brother had left my disc out and it had gotten scratched to kingdom come and it wouldn't read past the first hour and a half of the game anymore yeah that was a sad day i was so sad i was like i was gonna freaking go hard on this game and i can't now and it just left such a void in my heart then it came out on the 3ds it did and i played it a a decade later (laughs) yeah i played it i played it i bought it i played it for a bit i had a lot of fun um I had a lot of other stuff going on at the time, like I was I was working 50 hours a week and stuff and all that, so I didn't have as much time to play, unfortunately. And But it was still really cool to go back to it on the 3DS, and I definitely want to, uh, if I can find that game at a game Decent store, price. it's not too expensive, I definitely want to buy it again and actually play through the entire game. Yeah. I uh, I just have the case and manual. You let me keep that. <laughs> yeah, because I remember I, I think uh, Buddy bought a 3DS from me and I gave him Tales of the Abyss with it because I just, I hadn't played it. And he was like, I'll give you 20 bucks. And I was like, well, I mean, shit, it's more than I have right now, so why not? So. Oh, I meant the PS2 case. Because mm. you were going to throw it out. And I was like, right. nah, it'll look pretty on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and it does. 
It's just a gruesome reminder every time. No. But um, anyways, let's, uh, so that's, in my opinion, that's probably one of the single greatest examples of New Game Plus because it gives you something to work towards, right? Yeah, and I've, uh, I've got two more examples, and I'll just uh, get through those quickly. The first is Disgaea. Mm-hmm. In, instead, of, instead of calling it New Game Plus, they call it a new cycle. So what happens is you beat the game and you can choose to restart from the beginning. You retain your characters, your levels, your assembly rank, and your equipment. So on the second playthrough, you can just walk through shit. And what people will often do is they will just keep resetting it until they reach a point where they're at like level 9,999. Which is just goddamn madness. Hmm. Which I reset it once and I started to do that because I would just want to try and see what it would be like because that's one of the it's not necessarily a selling point, but people always talk about when they talk about Disgaea is just getting to ridiculous levels and then doing like a billion damage and it it was it was honestly fun to be able to go through the game quickly because I was strong as all hell. Yeah. But I still think those people are crazy to get to nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine. I mean, most I won't I won't uh stay on this for too long, but in most of the Disgaea games, once you get to a certain point, there is actually usually a certain level that you're able to farm. And uh I did that once on Disgaea four. Okay. I just farmed. There was a certain level that if you went to the assembly and you voted to up the enemy levels to a certain point, there was a glitch in the game where a level 99 enemy gave the same amount of experience as an enemy at, like, level 500. I love the glitch gremlin. He gives us good things. He does most of the time. Sometimes. Sometimes. um, It was funny because (laughs) our friend, who we mentioned two podcasts ago in episode two, our friend Mohawk Man, um, he had just started getting into Disgaea while I was playing through number four, and he was playing through Disgaea 1. He was playing through the... Nintendo DS port, yeah. So he was having a lot of fun with it. So I I texted him once and I was like, take a while, guess what level my characters are at. And he goes, uh, 80s. I was like, they're at 110 right now. He goes, holy, oh my God. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, no, but, uh, I'll text you back in five minutes. And he's like, why? I was like, you'll see. So I grind this level for five minutes, right? And I text him back. I was like, now guess what level they're at? And he's like, what? And I was like, 215. He goes, what the fuck did you do? (laughs) So sure enough, I I text him back again. I was like, hang on, give me 10 more minutes. I text him back. He's like, oh, God, what'd you do? I was like, oh, nothing. They're over 400 now, though, so don't worry about it. (laughs) I love how he was always ranting and raving about how great that was and stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he loved that game. They're good games, though. Yeah. I but uh, anyways, I digress. I ho- I'll let you continue. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, the other example I want to get is just kind of a different way that New Game Plus can be used. Because we've been talking about you restart the game and either the levels are different and harder or your character retains his equipment, money, whatever else. In Record of Agorist War, if you beat that game and you have a save file, and then you play Record of Agorist War 0, which is a prequel, you have a new game plus where you can unlock uh, maps, items, and characters from, like, the first game, which oh, I think cool. is pretty awesome. So, like, 
it's a new game plus where you transition from one game to the next. And I think the same thing happens if you have Record of Agris Dwarf 2. I remember them doing something similar to that in Golden Sun as well, but it worked a little differently. And um, the way it worked is Golden Sun 1 and 2 have password systems where you can, that you can use to share game data and stuff. So you play through the first one, you beat the game, whatever, your characters are all at like level 50 with like, they're loaded out with like insane weapons and you have all the, the, excuse me, sorry. Um, and you have all the gin or whatever. So when you're playing through number two, you get to a certain point where the first, the four main characters from the first game will join your party. And now there are two ways this can happen. Either you just play through the game normally, they'll join you. They'll be, I think, level 40 or something at that point. They'll join with uh, four Jin each and just standard decent weaponry. Whereas if you start Golden Sun 2 and you have the password from the first game after beating it and you input it at the start of your game, when you get to that point in the game, those characters will join you at the level they were in the first game when you beat it, with all the equipment they had in the first game when you beat it, and with every Jin that you had in the first game when you beat it. Oh, it's so, so wonderful. It's super cool because when you do that, if you had collected every single Jin in the first game, and you collect every single one in the second game, and you mix the passwords it gives you the grand total i can't remember the number but you'll literally have every single jinn that's possible to have which is the only way to unlock a couple of the post-game dungeons you need every single jinn so if you don't beat the first game and get everything and then transfer the data into the second game you can't access some of the post-game content which i think is super cool no kidding I mean, if you're super hardcore, you just get more. <laughs> and I mean, they're super fun games, so I mean... Yeah. I, I think, think I remember I borrowed one for like a short while from you. You very well may have. I can't remember, though. Yeah, I probably played two seconds. I was like, not going back to Nicktoons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Nicktoons but, uh, was shit. It was probably The Incredibles. Oh, The Incredibles was good stuff. Yeah. So but, um, I, I think that wraps up our segment on it, Mechanics Workshop. Yay! And our new game plus. Yeah. So if if anyone listening can think of any other new game plus modes or games that have new game plus, feel free to tweet them at us at games underscore podcast or definitely comment on the YouTube video if you'd like. We uh we always have to kind of look look through our game collections beforehand just to kind of pick out games so we we definitely probably missed a lot oh absolutely and definitely maybe probably <laughs> definitely maybe probably yes but oh, um boy. but definitely we're both huge game nerds we love learning about new games and new stuff so if there's anything you've played and loved and enjoyed and you think it's a hidden gem or you think that it shows off a mechanic really well that you want us to talk about let us know and we'll we'll definitely definitely get around to it for sure for sure so we're gonna go into our last segment which is games we've been playing and i think we'll just transition from that into our main topic which is ukulele and uh 3d platformers i love that game so much yeah it's time for games we've been playing 
the segment where we give insight on what we've been playing. New or old, good or bad, here is what we've been playing. Would you like me to go first? Go for it. I played Rainbow Islands. <laughs> yeah, just briefly, it was it was wonderful to reminisce about that game and just listen to the music. Music's uh, so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, Dual Links, obviously, Pokemon Go, because mm-hmm. I always do those. But uh, I've also not necessarily been playing, but I've been watching my girlfriend do Persona Five, which I thoroughly enjoy. Would she would she maybe lend that to me when she's done? I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> Damn. Oh well. I'll ask her when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah. If but it's no. me, she might trust me because she knows you'd kick my ass if anything happened to it. Yes. I think the biggest gem though was ukulele. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love that game. You tell me what you've been playing, because I know you've been playing that. <laughs> Have I? But um of course same same as jukebox, always destiny. Um played a lot of that yesterday actually, helping out some friends with the raids and stuff, but um lots of destiny. Um I'm incredibly excited for Destiny two in September. I'm very excited for the gameplay trailer in next month on May eighteenth. Um I'll definitely be talking about that in the podcast because I'll need to scream about it. I really will. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna be so excited. I'm gonna be um, back here quietly nodding my head. <laughs> yes, yes, Calrix. Whatever you say, Calrix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's um, a thing. So those yeah. are definitely things, and that yeah. thing. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, Destiny. Um, some dual links here and there. I gotta just. I just gotta start playing it more. Like. I've fallen out of it just because I don't really have awesome cards in it, but I mean, at the same time, if I'm not playing the game and getting gems to buy packs, how the fuck am I going to get better cards, right? So you just right. kind of got to, I just kind of got to power through the, uh, the, uh, slow portion that's going on for me right now in my horrible pack luck. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I, I mean, I mentioned it, but I only played it briefly, maybe seven duels or so. For me, it's just I I just stick on auto duel. Like no one can beat me anymore. I just it's not that much fun. But yeah. they they did have some events, so I wanted to get some of the new cards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's I that's what I was doing for a while. I'd literally just I think I did that during our first podcast. I just had my phone off to the side and I just auto dueled. Yep. But yep. um. <laughs> but yeah. So hang on, I'm gonna boot that up real quick. No, no, I won't. But uh. But yeah, I just gotta, I just gotta play it and get through it, and hopefully get some better cards. Like my draw luck for the packs is just such trash. You know what? My girlfriend opened ten more packs yesterday. Another two mm-hmm. ultra rares and a super Jeez. rare that she didn't have. Why? Why? Uh, why are the ones who love and frequently play the games? Why are we the ones that get shafted? <laughs> no, she plays it pretty regularly. Oh, well, fair enough. But She's just like, ridiculously she... lucky, because every time she opens 10 packs, she gets two ultra rares. Bitch. Anyways. <laughs> hey, you I'm watch stealing. your mouth. Yeah, I know. I do it all in fun. I just I jealous. I just jealous. <laughs> we all jealous. Yeah. But, um, now get to the good then, bits. Yeah. Um, 
more destiny. No. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so the other day I was out shopping with my girlfriend and uh, I look at her and I was like, did ukulele come out? And she looks at me and she goes, what is that? I'm like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, oh, so I'm God. like, nah, don't worry about it. Never mind. I thought I'd ranted, but apparently not. So I just Google it super fast. And sure enough, it came out like a day or two before or whatever. And I was like, okay. I checked my bank account and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to do <laughs> no it. No regrets. Call, no looking I'm back. Gonna do it. I'm going to call Jukebox. We're going to have a blasty blast. But um, so we go. I buy it. I put it in, and um, my God, I loved it. I loved every second of it since I booted it up. And I'm so, so glad jukebox. that you love it. Yeah, me too. Mostly because you don't necessarily play those kinds of games. Or at least no, not, not usually. I'm very, I'm open to pretty much any game there is, minus sports games, like fuck sports games. Pointless. But, but the Mutant League <laughs> football and hockey Okay, those, well, those there are, are exceptions. Good. I like NBA Jam, too, but I mean, like... <laughs> the I arcade mean, like, ones. Yeah, like Madden fucking... Or NBA The Show or NHL 2K17 or whatever. I'm just like, Ballers. why? <laughs> why? You're dropping $80 to do the same thing literally over and over again. There is no variation ever. I mean, at least yeah. if I drop 80 bucks on a freaking RPG or something, at least it's different every couple of hours. And then there was that one thing back in, I think it was 08 to 09, where they literally just changed the names. Yep. It was the exact same game, different names. Yep. But uh, anyway, so I get ukulele, and I've never actually... For anybody who doesn't know, ukulele was... It was a Kickstarter game by uh, Platonic Studios, I believe. And they were the same people who worked on and made Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. So no, not just that, it's the people who also worked on things like Perfect Dark and uh Conquer's Bad Verde and some of the people who worked on the newer ones, so you know, kind of Cameo, Viva Piñata, Nuts and Bolts, those kinds of games too. But it's okay, all these people you. from Rare. Okay. I all did, these I wasn't aware. Peoples. Yes. Okay, gotcha. But um yeah, so it's done by the same people who made all of those games. And I mean, those games are all fucking amazing. So, not the fun... nu- nuts and bolts withheld. <laughs> nuts and bolts withheld. That one's a little. <laughs> it's a little hit or miss. It's yeah. Some people love it. Some people hate it. You know, it's. Uh, it was okay for me. Air. It looked pretty. It does. It looks very pretty. So, yeah. ukulele plays exactly like Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, and that's why God, a yeah. lot of people are consider are just considering it the sequel to Banjo-Tooie. They're considering it just being Banjo-3-E with a different skin on it. More Which, or I less. Mean, it fucking is. <laughs> I, I mean, I super got that vibe. Like, if you took the characters and put on the skins of the characters they resemble from Banjo-Kazooie, it would be a new Banjo-Kazooie game. It would, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, um... So pretty. <laughs> it's so pretty. And, um, the it's... movements are... Movement is insanely fluid. It's, like, if if you miss a jump or you mess up on a boss fight or something like that, like, you know it's your fault. Except yeah, that first boss fight. That first boss fight's a little wonky. There are a couple of parts in there I wasn't too pleased about, but I mean... 
that's most people <laughs> were complaining about just the first bus though the other ones are pretty damn good yeah well I'll, like i said i'm gonna play it a bunch later today and tomorrow and all that i'm gonna try and beat it in the next couple of days here but but yeah the first boss fight's a little wonky um because the whole thing is you gotta dodge rolling logs to get up to him and hit him and if you get to the top of the ramp and a log hits you you'll slide down the ramp on your butt and you can't jump you can't do anything if one of the other logs in front of you if you if you hit that on your way down it damages you again so you get hit once pain in the ass literally yeah it was terrible. It took me, I think, like four tries to beat that boss because I kept getting cheaped out of my last couple of health points because of that bullshit. But, I mean, it's that a was minor like the thing. only low point. <laughs> yeah, that was the only point where Jukebox and I were playing through this game together and we're just like, really? Like, are can, we can being you not, serious? Can, <laughs> like, can I just want to, like, hire, hire the guys from Crystal Glass, like the auto place? Just send them yeah. to him. Yeah. Send it backwards, he's dead. But, um... <laughs> so that was the only low point. And it's like, you start out the game, and the only thing you can do is jump. So, I mean, the first level by itself was a little... It took me a few minutes to figure out where I was going. Because, again, yeah, I don't like play the these games... Map. Yeah, so I don't... Again, I don't play these games very often. So, like, Jukebox kind of... He was like, oh, but you probably got to find somebody who will give you a skill to do something. I'm like, all right, well, where the fuck do I go, right? So... After some explore. running around, I get... Yeah, explore! But, um... So after a little running around, I find the guy, talk to him, I get my first ability, which is just a tail swipe. It's just a general attack. And then I go around, I'm breaking treasure chests and stuff, collecting some collect-a-thon materials, move on to the next level. And then I realize really quickly, I'm like, what are all these flowers that are around? And they have like these little crystal grapes on them. And Jukebox is like, I'm, I'm going to imagine it's similar to Banjo-Kazooie where you had the eggs and you could shoot the eggs. I was like, okay, but then why the fuck can't I do it? Yeah, because I was so, just like, use your tongue. Obviously, you got to eat these things. Yeah, and then I try using my tongue and it, just you know, nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. So I'm like, well, what the fuck? So then I get a rolling move that I can use to go up ramps and stuff. It lets me stick to slicker, steeped surfaces so I can get around it. Also, just a boost to movement speed. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll just, again, I'll just go exploring. So I'm running around collecting more materials and I find the trouser snake. I fucking love him. His name is Trouser <laughs> with a Z and he's a snake. But and he wears pants. <laughs> But um, Jesus, I can't believe you just made that joke. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. It's like Banjo Kazooie. It's nothing but puns everywhere. It is. I love it. I love it so much. But um, it's just they so, gotta have one about a giant dick. Absolutely. So we find the trouser snake, and he's your main abilities tutor kind of thing, right? So as you collect the like some bottles. of the collectibles. Yeah, he's like Bottles from Banjo-Kazooie. He's the one that'll teach you the new attacks and the new moves and stuff, right? So, same as Bottles, as you're running around Mumbo. collecting Mumbo or whatever, right? <laughs> I don't remember which run... it was. I think it was Bottles. Mumbo was the one that, he was the skeleton that you could, like, transform into and he could do magic right. in certain stages and stuff. Right. But, um... It's been a while so since I played. <laughs> I've been, I've literally damn near never played. I've, like, 
touch them barely with my cock. No, but um, <laughs> jokes. With your trouser snake. With my trouser snake. But um, so it's similar as you run around, you get collectibles, and in ukulele there are two collectibles. There's quills, which are your like standard. I see some over there. There must be something at the end of them. I'm gonna follow them, right? Yeah. And there are pages. Pages are these little golden sheets of paper that you have to collect to progress in the, into new worlds and stuff. So as you're collecting more and more quills, that's what Trouser the Snake wants as currency to teach you new moves. So I collect a bunch and I go talk to him and sure enough, he's got three different attacks right at the beginning for you. He's got a ground pound. He's got what's called the slurp shot. And he had one more that I, I, Genuinely can't remember what it was. I don't know. But either. um I remember but, really uh, wanting there to be a hover. And I did get the hover later. Yeah, it was later though. But uh yeah, but um So I'm like, okay, now this makes sense. So I buy the I buy the ground pound, I buy the slurp shot, and I buy whatever the third one was. Again, I cannot remember for the life of me what it was. <laughs> but um and then sure enough the slurp shot allows me to eat those gems on the flowers and they give me elemental ammo and so far i've found fire water and ice i don't know if there's other ones i hope there is just eat the but, lightning yeah feel the power know. be like the Duracell bunny just yes. keep going <laughs> could you imagine you find a lightning fruit and there's just a bunny with a drum and you're just like whoa <laughs> i i could dig i mean it has shovel knight in there might as well have the Duracell bunny too Fuck it, why not? <laughs> God, I love that Shovel Knight's in there. Yeah, and all his talk, 3D I'll, glory. Yeah, I'll talk about him in just a second. So you get the elemental ammo, and of course, when you have fire, you can breathe fire. When you have water, you can spit water. And when you have ice, you can shoot ice pellets. And of course, they're required to get through certain puzzles. Sometimes you need to light some candles on fire to open a door. Sometimes you need to spray water on a fire so you can jump over it or whatever, right? Or you need to use the ice pellets to hit distant bullets and pellets and uh, pellets distant buttons and switches and stuff so you can proceed right right so and uh but yeah so that made sense so i was immediately like okay now i can do stuff so then i go and i'm like climbing up towers that i needed to use the ice pellets to hit buttons so that i could stop the rotation of platforms so that i could jump on them and then later on i found one where um I was able to, you know, I had to breathe fire on these switches to spell the word pagey to open a cage so I could collect the pagey. And then, again, the water one is I, you know, you spit water, you put out fires, and then you can jump over them like there is a pagey hidden in a fireplace. I put out the fire, I can jump into the fireplace and grab the pagey, you know? You know, that, so, that whole kind of initial start of the game, because... That does well to teach you how to use those elemental things and stuff, but like it's so mm -hmm. intuitive that it almost felt backwards to have you buy them from the snake. Because right? at the start of the game, it was like, okay, I know how to do all these, especially like since we've at least seen, I've played like Banjo Kazooie games. Like it's, you know, the moves you're going to have, you know how to do them. You see objects and places in the overworld where it's like, I should be able to use these here, but you can't do it until you buy them from the trouser snake absolutely yeah. and uh it's it's a bit of a bummer but i'll talk about one more 
little power up that I got the jukebox says Nobo because I got it after he left that day. Oh, and, um, do you remember that part where there was all the wind blowing and there were like cannonballs? And I was like, well, I ha- I must have to shoot the cannonballs to break the fans or whatever. And we just couldn't right. figure out why. Like the box of cannonballs? Yes. Yeah. In level two, the, one of the powers that you can buy from the trouser snake is called the slurp. What's it called? Is it slurp cannon? No, it's slurp, slurp <laughs> something. And what it does is it allows Yuka, the chameleon, for anybody wondering, Yuka is the chameleon, Laylee is the bat. Yes. Just like how Banjo was the bear and Kazooie was the bird. It's the exact same setup. So, and Tui is his cousin. Yeah. Not but, actually. Um, no. It's still Kazooie. Tootie, Tootie is his sister. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, it's Tootie. I don't know. Something That's weird. Like that. Right, but um, it's Tootsie Roll. Yes, Tootsie. She's delicious. <laughs> but um, gross. gross. <laughs> but um, like a bird sexual. <laughs> gross. Don't get but, the um, avian flu. No. But um, so in level two, I get this ability called the Slurp something or other. I'll look it up later and I'll text it to you or whatever, just because All it's right. gonna grate on. It's gonna grate on my nerves now. But is what it, it does pun? is tell me it's a pun. It's probably a pun, but um, it allows me, it allows Yuka to take on the properties of whatever he eats. Oh. So you eat the cannonball and then you become heavy like a cannonball. So the air can't blow you around. So I was immediately like, that's super cool. And then I find. I would have never guessed that. I just assumed you had to like blow up the one cannon in the overworld and then you'd be able to, uh use the cannonballs to shoot things yeah exactly so that's what i thought too i was like oh whatever it's just it's just a different form of ammunition i I must just need a different power up before i can use that form of ammunition so i got that ability and i was like that's such a cool way to do it because of course the what's the first instinct you see cannonballs what do cannonballs do they fire out of a cannon they're projectile ammunition so immediately our heads are wrapped around we must have to shoot them somehow so like you know i was super surprised and it went a step further is i found some fire like i found a pot of coals like fiery coals and the second level is an ice level and i get to this area where it's cold and i'm losing health and i'm just like breath of the wild it is. It's like Breath of the Wild, right? <laughs> so immediately, my, again, my first instinct is there's a fire over there. I must have to get warm. So I run over there. This is before I got the power up. I run over there and I stand by the fire and sure enough, I'm not losing health. I'm like, all right, so I must just have to like haul ass through this area until there's another fire or whatever. So I start going and I get to this pot that's not on fire. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, all right, <laughs> might as well try to... <laughs> Yeah, might as well try to make a run for it. So I go, and sure enough, I die because I'm my characters are freezing to death. So I'm just like, what the hell? So later on, I get, um, I get this power, and I'm like, I wonder. And I hit circle because you 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 eat whatever you're trying to eat the same way as you eat the fruits to use them as projectiles, and he swallows part of the fire. And he becomes all red and glowy and stuff. And I'm like, no fucking way. He's so just burning as, up from the inside. 
Yeah, so I start running. He's in pain. Yes, he is. He's dying. I'm a horrible, horrible (laughs) god. Um, So he's... um, He's, I'm running and I'm not freezing to death anymore. And I get to the next point. I'm like, well, fuck, like, what do I do? And I, I try hitting square to see if I can blow fire. I can't. So I'm like, shit. I'm like, this is going to be a long shot, but I jump on the coals. They start on fire. Nice. I'm like, I am the human torch. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. So I'm like, fuck that's cool so sure enough i continue through that area and i'm lighting all the pots of coals on fire so i can reload because of course it's it's a timed thing right so i reload my fire and i keep going i light all the pots and once i've lit them all it opens a door and there's a pagey behind it i'm just like that was fun that sounds like it was super entertaining and then i get to this next part and there are these icy slopes Right. And I'm just like, shit. I'm like, all right, well, I'll try rolling up them because, I mean, that's what my rolling thing is for. It's supposed to let me go up, like, ramps and stuff. So I try, and sure as shit, what happens? I slip off because it's ice. So I'm like, Tell me what you need to do. There was a beehive hanging on a tree nearby. Oh, God. So I I ate the honey, and it made me sticky. I thought you were going to say, I (laughs) ate the bees. (laughs) <laughs> and it let no, me fly. Oh God, Jesus, not the bees! <laughs> yeah, no, Yuka's Yuka's mouth was a little fucked up. He had a little allergic reaction, but uh, yeah, I ate the bees. No, I ate the honey. <laughs> I ate the honey out of the beehive, and it made me it made me sticky like honey, which allowed nice. me to both. I could either walk up the ramp or roll up the ramp, and of course, I rolled because it's faster. But I just needed that extra stickiness to be able to get up the ramp. And again, like I find I get all the way up there and I'm just like, that was wonderful. <laughs> so like it was just the, with this ability, if Yuka was to eat Laylee, would he become Ozzy Osbourne? Probably. <laughs> That's how this works, right? It would actually turn me into a, it would actually turn me into Thomas the train engine on cocaine is what it would do. <laughs> also Ozzy Osbourne. Got it. He's the conductor. <laughs> There's no but, brakes um, on this train. <laughs> All aboard the train. No. But, Get um, on the crazy train. Yeah. But, but uh... <laughs> shameless plug here. Aussie sponsor us. No. God, but, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, That's not how that works. No, unfortunately. But, uh... Could you imagine you just get an email from Aussie Osborne? I love your podcast, boys. Here's some money. Yay! <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, and again, I just like, it, it was just so cool. Cause I was like, fuck, that's interesting. And that's fun. I can dig and, um, it. Right. So yeah. you keep talking about ukulele and like, I was there with you for like the first level of the game and stuff, but like, I can't mm-hmm. afford it right now. And yeah. I, so it's giving me this real big craving to like go play Banjo Tooie. Cause that's the one I do own. Do it. Yeah. I mean, it's I really mean, it's really weird whenever I want to actually play something on the N64. It's like it nothing though? aged well. So that's like N64 like is me. like my least favorite thing to go back and play. Yeah, that's like me. It's like I want to play. There's a couple of like older like PS2 games and stuff I want to play, and I'm just like, ah. Oh, but when you compare it to like a PS4, it's just nothing. Nothing plays as well. Yeah, and nothing controls as well because it's just. 
I mean, over uh, time, what do they refine first? They refine the controls first. So yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't have a problem going back to like PS2. It's just the mm-hmm. N64 was uncanny valley, and it was like the introduction of 3D gameplay. So everything was new, and people didn't quite know how to do it. Mm-hmm, so exactly. like even going back to Mario 64, turning and stuff doesn't feel as good as even the game before it, like on the Super NES. Like yeah. that one was even more intuitive than on the N64. Yeah, that's just the unfortunate. It's the unfortunate thing. It's like not that they're eventually... all bad or anything, but like oh god, no, no, no. But I mean, it's just one of those unfortunate things. It's like you look at like I don't want to bring this up, but I'm gonna. But it's like oh god. you look at what you look at what Mega Man Legends three could have been, <laughs> and how well yeah. it could have controlled and how it could have been so smooth because you could have just used the L and R buttons as an as an easy way to move your camera and it could have played a lot better because Mega Man Legends one was really choppy. Right. It was it was really hard to control nicely because it's like I think I think L and R rotated your camera and the D pad moved Mega Man. You I don't think you used the control stick at all. I could be wrong though. It's been a long time since I've played it or seen someone play it, but they're very tricky controls. So, right. I mean, I can't imagine how well Mega Man legends three could have potentially played. Had Crapcom not been like, lol, fuck you. Bastards. But, um, yeah. I'm fucking Crapcom. Fun story. Uh, jukebox <laughs> came with me on a, uh, it was a to family a family reunion yeah. yeah it was like a family reunion for my family and he like we he taught me how to play crib and i learned in the most heartbreaking way that 19 in crib is <laughs> equivalent to zero you bastard you have um, 19 where do you see this that my mom peeks over and she's like sweetheart 19 means you have nothing and i'm like you're a fucking asshole you know that just like, oh. but um uh. so we go and the first night we were there, we literally didn't sleep because we just shit-talked Capcom the whole damn night. <laughs> yeah, like, I made him listen to an entire All-Gen Gamers uh, podcast where they had Rob Man on, good friend of one of the hosts at the time, and uh, Mega Man's his most favorited game in, like, the whole world. Like, he has the entire series, like, he has Japanese versions, he has arcade machines, all that sort of stuff. And he was, like, heartbroken that Mega Man Legends 3 wasn't a thing. He was part of the movement of a uh, hundred thousand mm-hmm. strong for Mega Man Legends and stuff like that and I made yeah. him listen to that whole podcast and we just sat there like man fuck Capcom yeah fuck Capcom fucking like, Capcom literally for just, for just like eight <laughs> hours it was yeah. just fuck Capcom back and forth yeah. but um I remember at like four in the morning I'm just like sitting there because I was kind of on the floor on a little mattress thing or something and he was on the bed and I had my arm under the under the bed and I'm like hey dude and you're like yeah and I'm like I feel something crawling on me and you're like kill it kill it kill it <laughs> I'm just like, nah. <laughs> now all of a sudden Jukebox is like, never mind, it's gone. And immediately I'm just like, fuck my life. <laughs> Paranoid forever. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's that's just uh, a fun, times. fun little story about Capcom. But, um, yeah, I definitely think you should play Banjo-Tooie again. Or, well, again slash play it. And yeah. Yeah, I you, mean, of, you can of hear course, me rant more... about it on the next games we've been playing. Yay! <laughs> but um, I'll definitely, I'm definitely down to lend you ukulele because your girlfriend has a PS4, right? No. 
No. No. How we, is she playing Persona Five then? It's the last game that EB Games is released is uh have has for PS3 on their database. It's the gotcha. last PS3 release, unless something gotcha. really obscure comes out later. Okay, makes sense then. That was actually was say, uh, that was actually a point for why we got it on PS3. Also, mm-hmm. um, for anyone else who's a collector, if a game comes out on two consoles where it's on the past generation and the new generation, it's almost always more collectible on the past generation because they sell less on that platform. So, like Twilight Princess on the GameCube versus the Wii, it's worth a lot more on the GameCube. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming uh, Breath of the Wild will kind of be the same way, so I have it on the Wii U. Yep. And Persona 5 most definitely will be because even for like limited editions and stuff, like they only had limited edition stuff for PS4. So there's a lot more incentive to get it on PS4, especially since, you know, it's been out for like three years now. Well, I mean, Breath of the Wild is, you, you told me at what sold 370,000 copies on the Wii U? Yeah, and like 1.1 million on the Switch. Yeah. A near so I mean, 100% right. attach rate, which is almost unheard of. Exactly. So, I mean, that just goes to show that immediate, that within the next probably, I'd say within probably five years, um, our, breath, our Wii U versions of Breath of the Wild are probably going to be worth, they, worth what they were when they, we paid for them. Yeah. Like, guaranteed. You're going to start seeing them in, like, the Wii U versions, at least, are definitely going to start seeing them in, like, game stores, and they're probably going to be, the price is going to be jacked up. Yeah. It's it's because it's usually not a significant difference, but maybe 10 to, at most, $20 difference between the versions. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's absolutely. another thing. If, if you're a collector, fucking start buying Wii U stuff. It's getting cleared out. And oh, it's, yeah. It's going to be rare, because you know how much they sold on that stuff. I should probably go get Bayonetta 2 on Wii U one of these days. Yeah. I've yeah. been watching for it. I mean, I yeah, watch for I, everything, but... I definitely want it, but, um... But, yeah, uh... Real yeah. quick, because I promised I'd mention this, is... Yeah, Shovel Knight makes an appearance in Ukulele, mm. and apparently he makes a, lot, a few appearances. Apparently he pops... I think he pops up in every level. I love and, that. Um, he looks like his amiibo looks. Yes, he looks exactly like his amiibo looks. He's super bulky, um... And he's funny, too, the puns. He's like, because the first time we found him, we were like, oh, my God, like, fucking Shovel Knight. Yeah. And, um, and we were super hyped because, uh, and what does he say? He's like, oh, there's a giant-ass gem at the top of this tower, but I can't get up there because I'm not used to this 3D. V- I'm not used to this third dimension. <laughs> and I'm just like, ha, it's funny because you're 2D. But, um. Yeah. It was just, it, it was super funny. Jukebox and I had a really good laugh about that. and uh, Had a little squeal. Yeah, had a little squee moment. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely excited to see him in the other levels. Like, it's... Yeah. You, you, it got, was, you it was, got to tell me the other puns, because I'm sure he'll make more. Oh, I absolutely will. I felt so bad. I can't remember it, but Laylee, Laylee made a really wicked pun, and I clicked away from it before uh. I could like take a picture of it and tell you I was like no because <laughs> it was just it makes so many was, though yeah it was it was good though like I laughed out loud it was freaking hysterical <laughs> but um you know yeah, what, just dude? I'm hmm. uh just go back a little bit when you were talking about Mega Man Legends mm-hmm. you kind of reminded me because I forgot I have Mega Man Legends too 
Nice. So, collectors, once more, if you uh, if you want to kind of like jizz in your pants or something, just listen to this. I found it among CDs at a secondhand store for two dollars and fifteen cents. I fucking hate you. Yeah, it's wor- <laughs> it's worth well over a hundred dollars now. Well, I mean, <laughs> you have you have Sonic Adventure, the limited edition on your Dreamcast too. Yeah, like the you one got that for fucking five bucks. Yeah, the one that was included in the kiosks that played Sonic, not the one that Hollywood Video had before the actual release, but the ones that were in the kiosks. I remember you pooped your pants when you found that that day. Yeah, I mean, because I learned about it, and then I technically was looking for it, but I was mostly just looking at random Dreamcast games at a game store that's way overpriced. And this mm-hmm. one, the uh, it didn't have the back of the case, and the front manual had the front page ripped off. Which, if you ever get the Sonic Limited Edition, generally they're either missing the menu- manual or the back I mean, it's just a thing that happens with them. Mm-hmm. If you get it's, the it's... if you get the version where you can't save, that was the ones in the kiosk. If you get the one where you can save, those are the ones that were rented out by Hollywood Video before. Uh, I can't remember if it was before the Dreamcast had an actual release or if it was before Sonic had an actual release. Yep. Yeah, little tidbit there. Yeah, no kidding. I still I love my I love my super rare game, but we'll we'll talk about that one day. Yeah, we'll just talk about rare games on a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. But um, damn, what was I about to say? I had something in my head now. Sorry. Oh was it no, it's good. Puns. I was gonna I was gonna say, um, just on the quick topic of like games you shit your pants over. Were you with us when I found that One Piece game? Because that was a dark moment in my life as a collector <laughs> i think so um what well, that was at is... the same place wasn't it yeah yeah i don't I think there. it was same i don't think it was same day but it was same place same place um where jukebox and i live in an, in a city just a little north of us um there are two game shops that we used to go to we don't go to the other to the one very often because their prices were really outrageous um, they've since gotten quite a bit better but we still don't go to it it's kind of out of the way we should definitely hit it up one of these days, though. Just peek in yeah. and see what's up. But yeah. um, so anyways, we would go there and we would go to the other place. So we went to the first place, the one that we don't frequent anymore. Um, and I found a game that I'd had a lot of hype for for years and years, and it's a One Piece game. One Piece is my favorite anime of all time. Um, and it's a game called One Piece Unlimited Adventure. And I'd seen YouTube videos. I'd seen this and that and um i just i'd always wanted it and i could never find it because it's such a rare game um at least here in america it's just really hard to find so right. i found it and it was 40 dollars and i was like i have no money and our one friend was there and he he had a job unfortunately i didn't at the time and i look at him i'm like dude like you need to do me the biggest favor in the world and he's like what's up and I was like I have wanted this game for the last like four years and I can't find it it's impossible to find please please buy this game for me hang on to it keep it in your possession I will get the money somehow and I will buy this game back from you 
and I think it took me about 15 minutes to convince him of me just begging and pleading and being a <laughs> fucking idiot about it. Yeah. But it, eventually he was like, all right, bro, don't worry about it. I'll, I got you. I'll, I'll do you a solid. And I was like, I love you so much. And um, it's, yeah, that was, it was both a very, very wonderful moment for me because it was a game that I wanted for so long that I finally had. It's a good and feeling. It was also, yeah, and it was also a very dark moment for me because I had to beg and plead my friend to <laughs> buy me a game that he had no business buying me. Right. <laughs> but um, you know, not I'm, the first time he's done that for me, by the way, but I mean... You know, I'm almost in the same boat with uh, Beautiful Katamari because that's like the only reason I even go into EB games anymore is pretty much just to look through the 7th gen stuff to see if there's anything that kind of snuck in, which, mm-hmm. I mean, generally it never does. And no, uh, you never know. I've been looking for Beautiful Katamari for several years, and I finally found yep. it for $30. I was just like, oh. I, I can't fucking afford that right now. I don't want to spend $30 on a game. Yep. Yeah. I'll still get it eventually. I get everything eventually. One, one day. We, Wait, we, when, we, we when, can... when was this? Like two weeks ago. Maybe Dude, three. Dude, you should have just called me. <laughs> no, I told you like later when we were hanging out that I found oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah. No, but I mean, you should have called me. I would have bought it for you. You could have paid me back over time, or it could have been collateral towards the Amiibo you just bought me or something, you know? <laughs> nah. I mean, I could buy nice. it if I really wanted to, but I got better things for my money right now. Makes sense. Yeah. But, uh... Like I said, I'll find it eventually. I find everything eventually. We can talk yeah, about exactly. this in a different podcast. For I got sure. tons for of sure. collecting stories. It's been I like don't. a decade. <laughs> You got I got a couple. Some. <laughs> I got a couple here and there, but that's about it. Yeah. So fucking oh, yeah. ukulele. Just buy it. Yeah, go buy it. It's do wonderful. It, do it. Do it right now. Pay <laughs> zero attention to the shitty reviews. Fuck them. Yeah. No. People. People are just salty because people have to be salty about something. Yeah. People were reviewing Breath of the Wild. Ten out of ten. Hundred percent amazing game. When it has. When it has plenty of little flaws here and there which we definitely uh, talked about in the last episode yeah i was about to say we wink, just wink, talked about that in the last <laughs> yeah wink wink shameless plug not really but but yeah definitely we talked about you know the reasoning behind why we thought why i thought particularly that i i thought there was a little merit towards the people who were saying oh well you know you're they were paid to say that it's just the best game of all time and i mean but I mean, I'm not going to get into that. All that info is in our last podcast. It's just, it's a similar concept, right? Is it's like people are going to shit down a game's neck. And of course, if you, if you aren't sure about a game, definitely watch some reviews, read some reviews, but don't just watch a single one. Don't just read yeah. a single one. If one says, oh, this game's total shit, go watch. If, if one says it's total shit and two or three others say it's wonderful and amazing and you should buy it, which one are you going to listen to? Yeah. Majority no majority rules, right? Granted, ukulele is very high rated. If you, wick, if you just Google ukulele, the first thing you see is fucking 9 out of 10, 92%, like whatever. Like, it's very yeah. high rated. But I mean... There are people who are shitting on it, and they're like, oh, it's a copy of Banjo-Tooie, and it's like, no fucking shit, that's what it's supposed to be, you yeah. dumb bastards. Like, Well, the biggest thing I, I saw from the reviews where they were really putting things down wasn't necessarily that it's like pretty much a reskin of a Banjo-Kazooie type game. 
is mm-hmm. that on consoles you had extreme frame rate issues at points and uh the controls they couldn't stand the camera and stuff and for that the camera you are slightly zoomed in on the character but it's nothing you don't get used to after like 10 minutes of play so they can go fuck themselves because they only probably played it for 10 minutes and as far as the frame rate issues and stuff is there was bugs at the time in the review copies that they Mm -hmm. fixed and if you're if you're like actually worried about that stuff get it on the pc because then you won't have any issues anyways i i haven't experienced a single frame rate drop yeah and you're playing it on ps4 and I'm playing it on PS4. I haven't experienced a single game play game frame drop. I mean, granted, I've only played through the first level. So, I mean, I might run into some issues in later levels, but I don't know yet. But at yeah. least for now, I haven't run into any frame rate issues. I haven't run into any bullshit bugginess. Yeah. Like, I haven't been, I haven't clipped through a wall and I haven't, you know, whatever. But Dropped I mean, the, the worst. Bottom of the world. <laughs> yeah, the worst thing that happened was. I think I made a jump and my camera was positioned in a, in you know not the best way and I could see through a mountain briefly like whoopty fucking do it's yeah, you know it's so minor they can't, it's so minor they can't it's this game just is that wonderful. they can't yes it's fucking amazing it's like and people who shit on it for like minor texture glitches and stuff like that like I'm sorry, I dare you, I freaking dare you to go and get a job as one of the level designers somewhere and scour every last pixel of that of a game and make sure there's yeah. zero texture glitches because I guarantee fucking you can't do it. There's no way you're pulling that off. There's never a game with no bugs. Exactly, it's impossible. I mean... Shit, I don't mean to shit on it. Again, we talked about all this in the last podcast, but I mean, <laughs> Zelda has frame rate issues. The yeah. 10 out of 10 fucking game has nothing but frame rate issues. I didn't even have to be fighting fucking enemies or anything. I'd be paragliding through the air and I'd start lagging. Yeah. And people are rating that 10 out of fucking 10, and yet they're Every shitting down time. ukulele. Every for like time you got to a yeah. stable, yeah. frame rate issues. Every time. Yep. Every, Every time you jump off a mountain, frame rate issues. Every time you fight more than two enemies, frame rate issues. And we like, still fucking love that game. And it's fucking amazing. It is. But it's just that. It's like people are like, oh my god, it's perfect, it's amazing, it's the best game fucking ever, but ukulele has frame rate issues. And I'm just like, do you fucking hear yourselves? <laughs> like, whatever <sighs> you're smoking should be outlawed. <laughs> because yeah. it's clearly killing your brain. You know... But I mean, ukulele was made in Unity, which kind of surprised mm-hmm. me, but maybe not as much because uh, as smaller developers who had to kickstart, um, Unity is a cheaper option most of the yeah. time if you get one of the past ones because you can get Unity, uh, like past versions of it for free and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I'm anticipating that on the Switch will be one of the smoothest uh, running experiences for ukulele. Because they oh, run on bad. NVIDIA technology and hardware. Mm, and NVIDIA. And it's optimized for those kinds of game engines. Yeah. So I definitely think... I think it'll be nice def- and smooth. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, if, if, if you want ukulele, and you should want ukulele, if, if you have a Switch, honestly, wait for it. Yeah, definitely. Either get, I would definitely recommend play it on the Switch or get it on PC. If you don't, if you 
don't have either, definitely get it on PS4 or I believe it's on Xbox One. It's literally it on everything. Yeah. It's on everything except the handhelds, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and the past generation. And the past generation. It's like, get this game. I don't care how you do it, but get it. Get it, play it, love it. Yeah, it's so fucking wonderful. And then comment down below and tell me how right I am about how good this <laughs> game is. <laughs> oh, God. But, um... You know, I no, think like, I think as soon as we're done recording, I'm gonna like go watch some gameplay. I think I'm gonna play it. I just got that we're done recording. You know? <laughs> yeah, but um, no, ukulele is wonderful. It's I'm beyond happy I picked it up. Also, fun fact: it's cheaper than normal games. Yeah, it's it's not games, not a triple A yeah. game, so it's not triple A mm-hmm. priced. It's not like, eighty dollars Canadian. Yeah. Like all of our other games, I got it for fifty dollars Canadian, which is a it's big pr- it's probably a thirty dollar US game, probably or forty at the very least. I mean, or at the very so, most, you mean? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> worth its price too. Because when me and Jukebox first started playing it, we were, he was like, "How much? Did, how much was this game?" I was like, fifty dollars. He goes, "Still, uh, he was unsure yeah, about it's, the price." It's, then, it sounded high to me because I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how. Com- the game was as uh like how much levels there was to it and when he told me that there's like i was just like oh shit that's definitely fucking worth 50 dollars because those are very full worlds and i really really mm -hmm. love that you can expand them yeah that's yeah so again i'll touch on that real quick because there's five worlds but if you consider the expansions in my opinion there's 10 because you get to the first (laughs) world you go into the book you know, you can run around, there's plenty to do, and then if you exit the book, slash level, whatever, you go into books to access the other worlds a la fucking Mario 64 and jumping into paintings kind of style. Yeah. But, um, so you exit, and the first thing that they tell you is, if you want, you can make the book, slash the world, bigger. And sure enough, I was like, huh, that's weird. So I go back in and I ran up this one area and it just cut off. Like it was just a ramp to nothing. And I was like, huh. So I go and I expand the world. I come back and sure enough, that ramp leads to this giant tower that's full of other shit to do. And I'm like, oh, fuck. All right, then. Yeah. You know, you almost like double the size once it's like fully expanded. I'd I'd actually say I think you do a little more than that. I think when they start out, you have I think you have about a third of the entire nice. level, and then you get the other two-thirds after you expand it. I can dig I it. And of course, you don't have to expand them if you don't want to. If you wanted, you could go and you could bang out the first... You could bang out all five levels and go straight to the final boss, I assume. But if you want more to do, and you want to have more fun, then definitely expand the worlds. Oh, God, like, yeah. It just gives you more to do. It gives you more time to play around with your new powers and your new abilities and stuff. I bet you have um, to expand it in order to get enough items to actually go to the final boss. mm, Probably. I would assume maybe if you didn't expand any of them and you collected everything in every stage, then maybe you could probably get away with it. But for the most part... That was something I wanted to ask you. How do you feel about collect-a-thons? Because that was something that pretty much only existed on the N64 and then kind of died no. after that because Rare was the only one making quality collect-a-thon games. For me, for me, it would definitely depend. Like, something like Ukulele, where you have to constantly use new powers and use them in interesting ways and stuff to get the collectibles, 
definitely a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Like I got to one, I got to one area where I was on one platform and there were four other platforms and there was, um, cannonballs and one of each fruit. No, sorry. There were cannonballs, the fire fruit and the water fruit. So on, and there were four platforms surrounding me. So what happened is on the one platform, a block of ice fell. So I had to use the fire fruit to melt it, to go through the hoop. And I had to keep going through hoops to unlock, to get the pagey for that little mini game. Right. So it's like on one platform, there's a big gust of wind. So I'd have to eat a cannonball so that I wouldn't get blown, blown away. And then on the other side, I had to use fire to melt the block of ice to get through the hoop. And on the other side, I had to use the water to put out a fire so I could jump over it and get to the pagey and then on the final side i had to ground pound and destroy a box to get through the hoop so i'm constantly every time it was like you'd be in you'd start in the middle grab a power jump through the hoop jump back to the middle grab a different power jump through the hoop grab a different power jump through the hoop and you had to constantly keep jumping back it took me like five tries (laughs) that sounds like all the platforms you lost me (laughs) yeah because all of the platforms are made out of fucking ice Right. So you're sliding around at the same damn time. So it was goddamn fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, but my god, did it feel good after I beat it? I was like, "Fuck yes, nice, <laughs> nice." Oh, <God. laughs> but um, so uh, yeah, collect collectathons similar to ukulele. I definitely I'm enjoying a lot right now. Um, I haven't played many collectathons unfortunately, so I'm not. I can't like give like a hardcore opinion overall, yeah. but. I mean, if they do ukulele too, or ukatuli or something. Sure, shit, get in it. Cthulhu. No, but <laughs> yeah, no. If if they do a ukulele too or whatever, I'm, I'm buying it day one, like hands down. So because it's they're wonderful. I agree. I I like um, collectathon type games. So I really like Banjo Tooie. I really like Conker's Bad Fur Day because I have those two. I imagine I'd probably like Donkey Kong 64 if I had it. But mm-hmm. with Ukulele, it's kind of the first collectathon game in a really long time where I yep. actually like it because it's not a piece of shit third like shovelware title or anything. Yeah. What I really like about like these kind of collectathons is I can be a completionist, but almost only when there is like a number of things that you have to get so like a number out of a number a percentage of something if you can get 100% of that because in a lot of games where I've done like 100% runs and stuff it's it's usually like oh I can max out this stat or I can buy 99 of every item or whatever and that's that's mm-hmm. okay if I'm super into the game but like if I get a game and it's like there are 50 of these in this world you get all 50 you have 100% that feels really fucking good yeah, feels very rewarding ad- it's addicting because it's like let's say you're running around having fun and then you leave and you're like damn i only need four more to have a hundred ah, like back in you're going yeah and they they know this um like it's the human condition to want to have complete sets so that's why these games worked so fucking well back on the n64 yeah i definitely that's... hope you could i definitely hope that ukulele revives the genre yeah because I definitely play more as long as they play as well as ukulele does. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the people who worked on this game, like, especially the music, because Grant Kirkhope, 
he was the one who did like the banjo kazooie games and stuff and he's just fucking excellent like you hear the music and you know it's his and yep. then uh oh what's his name uh price pierce God, i can't remember but he did uh donkey kong country he did all the uh the minecarting levels and stuff the music for that and he did some minecarting stuff in this game too and like you can tell it's him and it's it's just really great music and there's it just came back like all of it it's just yeah. like nostalgia hit gavin price right yes gavin price yeah he he did music in donkey kong country they also have the guy um, who did a lot of stuff for Cameo, Viva Pinata, and whatnot. The newer Rare games that were with Microsoft. And, mm-hmm. like, Viva Pinata is pretty fucking great. I mean, I'd call that I've a hidden it's... gem, but it sold millions of copies. It's just really, really yeah. good. I've heard it's a fun time. Good, uh, good time waster slash chill the fuck out kind of game. Yeah. I mean, on the other podcast I'm on, Podcast TBD, uh, Scufflewick. Mm-hmm. He hundred percented that game. Which, which one? Sorry, Scufflewick. Viva no, Pinata. Which game again? Sorry. Oh, Viva Pinata. Jesus. Yeah, which was pretty significant. There's a lot to do in that game. I bet. Yeah. Uh, tell well, me. I think that's. Is that about it, or is there something else? Yeah, I was about to say. Tell me, Kelrix. Anything else you want to say about ukulele? Any more nerdgasming to be had? I love it. Buy it. <laughs> Definitely. I love it by it. So I think uh, that wraps up this podcast. I think so. I'm Jukebox Hero. I'm Kelrix King. Thank you for listening. See you guys next time. So if you've listened this far, thank you. Uh we are Very going much. to be on iTunes. Yay! As of this episode, we should be on iTunes. So, it would be much appreciated if you subscribed to us and left a review. If you leave a review on our iTunes, we'll be sure to read it off during the show. Absolutely. Shoutouts for everybody. Yeah. So, thanks once again. Thank you very much. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>